Podcast. Hi JD, you okay? Yeah, I'm alright, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, today we've actually got a little bit of an upgrade. Oh, Yay, no. new microphones. Isn't that brilliant? So previously we've actually been shooting this podcast. This to go wrong. <laughs> no, they won't go wrong, it's all good. But previously we've been actually shooting this podcast with um, the Tascam DR60, which uh, plugged into a Rode shotgun microphone. And what we did then is we basically like had, the, had a stand for it in the middle. And we just spoke in general, like a, I guess like a round table kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and it worked. It worked for a little bit. It worked great. But now uh, we've actually got the upgrade. We've got two new microphones, both XLR straight into the Tascam. So hopefully we get better all-round sound and all-round quality. Fingers crossed. Anyway. Here's hoping. I can't wait to listen to this back. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to shoot that again. Horrendous. Sorry. <laughs> no. Um, in today's episode, we're going to debrief ourselves, talk a little bit about the, the film that released last week. Uh, we've also got three topics to talk about today, so that's really exciting. Um, we're going to center mainly around fan fiction, fan films, and video game narratives, um, and how they influence us, because it's kind of a, a major sidetrack to uh, the filmmaking that we normally do, because um, obviously we make very linear narratives that are that themed around certain areas or topics or real world situations so it kind of differs greatly from uh, a lot of video game narratives and a lot of uh, fan fiction stuff uh, to like fantasy films or books or whatever yeah. um, so that'll lead us on quite nicely to talking about a new website section that's going to be potentially opening on the worth it website as well so we'll talk a lot about that today um, and we're also going to be talking about where do I want to start? Yeah. so I want to start actually talking about i think you know we've been talking quite a lot about video games in general recently because um because we're addicts I mean, yeah we have a problem video games are good um i mean they're, they're a nice escape from from real life i guess uh, i i've always tended when i was younger to play more video games than watch tv hmm. um i always felt that going to a video game and playing with friends and stuff was more interesting than sitting down and watching a movie and stuff like that it's only recently where i've actually got Odeon Limitless membership and stuff and actually gone out to the cinema and watched uh, every every new movie that's come out I've gone and seen uh, I'm going to see Parasite tonight of course um, super short it's a really yeah. good film and apparently according to JD and especially to do last week's title I need to go and see Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler have you not seen it yet? I've not seen it yet it's you been a week go watch Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler I, I do I do man's been robbed of an Oscar I do and I will not hear it otherwise <laughs> um so, I mean, what is really interesting um, is the fact that how much detail uh, video game developers and publishers are putting into making their characters and making their world. Mm. So you get um, Battle Royale. It's very big at the moment. Yeah. Um, most most video games are looking to have a, either a mode that's Battle Royale based or they're looking to actually have Battle Royale as their main... Um, yeah. Emphasis on the game. You get people like Apex Legends who only have Battle Royale. Yeah. Um, Fortnite have a co-op mer- version as well, Save the World. Somewhere in the recesses of Somewhere, that game. yeah, which is not really being played anymore. They're mainly emphasizing themselves mm-hmm. on the Battle Royale. Um, you got Call of Duty, the older Call of Duty before this one that's come out. Uh, Black Ops 4, was it? Yes, yeah. that has a Battle Royale mode um, called Blackout. And there's rumors that there's a new Battle Royale coming to yeah, this Modern Warfare they're as well. A new one. Which will be really exciting. I'd quite like to see that because um, the rumours especially are saying that the map is going to be monstrously big. Mm. Like bigger than 
any map that Battle Royale has seen, which is an interesting concept. And then, of course, Battlefield Five brought out Firestorm. Oh, yeah, I forgot um, about that one. Which was an interesting concept because, you know, the actual circle was a Firestorm, mm. which is really cool. Um, so there's a lot of emphasis on Battle Royale. And you'd only think, well, you know, 100 players drop into a map and fight to the death. It's, there's a story involved in that. But the actual characters that they've created around the actual world of, of this is really interesting. You'll see, like, live events from Fortnite where, you know, they're cracking open the, the earth to, yeah. to change oh, did you, maps. Did you ever stuff. see the um, Wreck-It Ralph thing they did for a Fortnite? No. There were random screens in the game which would just have Wreck-It Ralph going, and it was just one time. Yeah in everyone's game just for one moment like literally one singular moment where Wreck-It Ralph just goes across a screen somewhere in the game that's and a handful of people caught on camera and so I go no no it's real trust yeah, me that's really in, good. in a promotion for the actual film that's you? well cool and just there's so much um, scope and potential that video game publishers can do mm-hmm. um, live events they had the um, Marshmallow concert didn't they Marshmallow did a full yeah. concert in a video game. People just signed in online, joined the solos game, and they disabled all the weapons so you yeah. could just watch the concert. That's ridiculous. We, we live in a, in a time where you can put on a headset or just turn on a console and, hey, let's go to a concert yeah. for free in yeah. this game. <laughs> it's just crazy. And that's, that's, you know, that's online. That's PvP. That's the... Um, the, I guess the more competitive side of video gaming is also, of course, your, your single-player games. Uh, you know, just recently Death Stranding launched, didn't it? Um, I'm really enjoying Death Stranding. Yeah, and it's massively campaign-based. It's massively story-driven. Um, Norman Reedus stars in it. Um, and you think, these big high-paid actors, what are you doing starring in a video game? Why, why would you do that? And then you look towards the uh, the actual production value of the uh, the video games themselves not only do they look fantastic but the actual amount of effort that they've gone into making the cutscenes and stuff is insane they all do mocap suit yeah um filming where they bring the actor in you know put all of the stickers all over them and make sure they're fully... I, I would love to do that one day it's just fantastic isn't it in the massive blue room and get the cameras on them and film them as as their character yeah. and i just think that's absolutely brilliant the way in which they do the mechanics now for for 3D games in, in I mean, a 3D look world. Look at Until Dawn. Yeah. Remy Malik is he is spot on. You can tell it's Remy Malik within yeah. that game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Mads Mikkelsen is it as well? Plays uh, the no. Is it? no, it's not Mads Mikkelsen. No, What's it's his name? Hayden Panteri. Ah, yeah. Okay. But um, there's so much like uh, there's so much scope that they can do as well with that. So you, obviously they've got you as a motion captured object or a person on screen in a blue environment they can put you anywhere they can yeah. do anything with you at all and that's something that the film world kind of take as well and use it for their own I don't know was it you who was telling me about the Mandalorian series and how they now film it no, was it somebody no, else I haven't told you because you told me about that over lunch yes um, so there's a obviously they, they now use the 6k screens the wrap screens that they yeah. can uh, you know spawn in any environment in the world that they want to in this small square room to make it, you know, look like the which, to be fair, I think's genius. <laughs> yeah, to make it look like you're in the middle of the jungle when you're just in a studio. Why make a whole set when we can just everything make everything digital? Yeah, just put it on a screen and it's it's just all put there. Put a guy in a morph suit, put slap some stickers on his face. Yeah, send him off into any way you want. Yeah, it's it's really amazing to see, and uh, with that access to technology, 
it's sometimes quite nice that these different industries and areas um like i guess you know speak to each other and and uh, well they coexist don't they yeah um so it's nice to see that people actually take advice from other areas and uh, and develop their own their own practice because that's how we should really do it i mean that we being look said it's always nice to see practical effects being done yeah as, as nice and um malleable special effects and cgi can be there's nothing quite like practical effects. yeah that's right that, that, that is just pure it's real it's an actual grabbable thing you can't fake it mm-hmm. i mean you are faking it but you know what i mean yeah you've got um the likes of uh, an interesting area that that we look at when editing is um davinci resolve is a particular um color grading program and it was designed by color grade artists um but it's now they've developed the program so much it's now based for editors so it's a program that's based for a video editor that's designed by a color grader which basically um it goes to show that different areas have different like wants and needs so there'll be different buttons and you think what well, what's this button for here and then yeah. you know it's for, it's for a colorist it's not for us but um, the actual interface in which they use is so much nicer more fluid to use editors have actually tapped into that I think I like that yeah. we should make an editing like program like that we, we were looking at like upgrading cameras uh, for the company and I remember you showing me one that had about 15 different little monitors yeah. on one screen I, yeah. I don't know half of these things yeah. though I'm sure there was a heart monitor on one of those cameras <laughs> yeah it's, it is crazy um, I went into B&H photo video in New York and it's, you know, if you don't know what that is, it's one of the biggest camera stores in the world, I'm sure it is. It's monstrous. It's ridiculous. It's got everything you ever need. Photo, video, drone, everything under the sun. Um, and it's got like a system where if you say, I want this lens, they go, okay. And they type it into the iPad. And above you is like a, a, a train system where they, like put, row, they put like a, a box on rails and it takes the box all the way around it drops into this really like pillowed um, box at the <laughs> checkouts and they pick up the checkout, scan it through and then you pay for it. It's brilliant. You can see your package going all the way along the top. All the way along. It's fantastic. My lecturers bought a really expensive lens um, from there. Um, it, yeah, it's... And then they've got, obviously, they've got all their cameras on display. So they've got all Red and Ari and Blackmagic just there and they've got like an object in the middle it's like a square and all the cameras are around in the square they've got an object in the middle and all the lenses are attached to all the cameras and they're all switched on so you can go and play and use and pull focus onto the object in the middle and see what whether you like the like the camera or not and then you get someone who comes up to you and goes hi how you doing and he talks to you about the camera and tries to sell it you like a salesman it's brilliant the amount of scope you can go and look at and uh, there's so many daft buttons and they go right. What's this one for? Then they're like, oh well, that's the temperature for the uh, for the gauge for the fan and the motor of the camera. And I'm like, oh, what the hell? It's just crazy. It's the amount of stuff they go in. Um, I, I find that the, stuff. The, mo- the emojis it sets off when it's hungry. Yeah, you gotta it. feed your camera Tamagotchi. Yeah, yeah. gotta gotta water it <laughs> every now and again to make sure it grows like a big boy. <laughs> um, Can you imagine a Tamagotchi in a camera? <laughs> That'd be crazy. You're busy trying to film and a Tamagotchi's beeping at you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's a dumb idea. <laughs> um, so, actually speaking of cameras, and then moving swiftly on from um, camera talk, let's have a little chat about um, the actual film that launched last week. 
Yeah, so, Ghostly Axe. The Ghostly Axe. It was Valentine's Day last week, and we thought it'd be really appropriate to launch a a romance film. Um, would you Story class it as a romance or a drama? I'd say drama, personally. Drama slash romance. It's got a romantic... It's just all about... I've it seen is all people about. calling it romantic. Yeah. So, if you haven't seen the actual film yet, then you can go and check it out. It's been shared on all our socials. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, then you can go and check out um, more videos on our YouTube channel. I might link it down in the description below as well. Dude, go ahead um, and put, put the link in. I'll stick the link in. But um, the film is basically about a girl who is trying to overcome her... Uh, her ex's abusive or emotionally abusive relationship yes. um, and she can't really get this picture or this uh, vision out of her head that, mm. that he's there, he's always taunting her and bullying her and stuff like that she uh, she tries to get set up on this date by her friend this impromptu date and she goes to just kind of calm herself down, get that anxiety out yeah. in the bathroom where she confronts the manifestation of her ex that's it who's belittling her yeah and she comes to terms with the fact that no you don't need her you don't need him you're yeah. better than that it's a really positive film in the end it's got some kind of like negative tendencies in the middle because it obviously talks about the relationship in detail and it's a bit um i wouldn't say close to the wire but it's just like it's an interesting topic isn't it because there are people who are going to be able to relate and will yeah. feel yeah. where this film is coming from and when we cast the project we always wanted to look towards getting um, cast that were not only like fit for the role looks wise but also fit for the role emotionally wise mm. <coughs> because um, obviously we know that uh, we can we can get a look quite easily we can get like a specific oh yeah you look like uh, what Lizzie I reckon Lizzie would look like it's, it's dead easy to get yeah. someone who looks like that but it's not easy to get someone who acts like Lizzie because um, we we knew that we needed somebody who was um, shy and timid at the start but then as soon as she gets the advantage she then becomes this um, empowered, empowered strong strong woman it was incredible to see her yeah uh, this very talented Melissa just bring out this very confidence and uh, I don't know what the word would be I don't want to keep using the word empowered but like that's what comes to mind yes yeah, that is it yeah um, she was fantastic she drove that entire the entire film home mm-hmm. um, and what's crazy is we only shot a film in six hours um, which is obviously a big challenge for us because we needed to make sure that we had there was, a, there was quite a long monologue section that mm. the cast needed to learn um, especially between Ben and Melissa you know, the, little, the little argument that they had um, there was two very important scenes that we needed to film the first one with Ben being the controlling evil person having his monologue section and then the flip side of the the end of that scene with Melissa doing the empowered. And ben was so good. Monologue. Ben was fantastic as well. I don't think we had a single bad cast member that entire shoot. No. Which is. I want to bring them back for another project. Yeah. And the film went really well, and the launch of the film was really good as well. Um, we're actually going to look at towards um, putting into festival circuits. Um, this this for I guess for the end of the year. Um, we're going to have a look around and see where we can post it to because we we do believe that this film could potentially go that extra mile which yeah. is great um, so that's all to be borderline everything with this film went right yeah like every filming day went out without a hitch we were ahead of schedule for almost everything yeah yeah 
it was nothing like interview where we had to change the script every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was very dead set, wasn't it? It was locked off and, and sorted. Yeah. Um, it's just a really nice film as well, packaged, nice polish. Um, everyone did their job really, really well, mm. and then it ended up being a really good. And we even got permissions from uh, Butterfly and Grasshopper to film in that gorgeous place. Yeah. I went to have a yeah. dinner there, by the way, did you? Uh, a couple of days ago. Fantastic quality food. Really? Oh, it's so good. Damn. I've never had chicken that good before. Did they recognise you? Uh, the Yeah, one of the waitresses did. Yeah. And I was just like, cool, don't, don't. Um, <laughs> this is my meal. Yeah. I'm here for, ble- for pleasure, not business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, not only were they like really welcoming and nice, but they also offered the assistance with filming as well. We had mm-hmm. um, Chris. Chris? Yeah, yeah, it was Chris, yeah. He um, played the barman, which is really cool. And uh, he's, the, he's the manager there, isn't he? So he was he was dead chill, dead nice. It was a really good place. Really, really good place. Beautiful atmosphere. If you get the chance to go, give it a try at yeah. least once. Because I can guarantee you, you try it once, you're going to be coming back for a second try. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Not a sponsored section at all. No, it's not, sadly. No. But man, I just can't get over how good the food was. <laughs> Oh, so good! I'm gonna have to take you there at some point. Yeah, I know, right? We'll probably have our next meeting down there or something. Oh, yeah. Can we actually? Yeah, we'll do that. Can we record the next episode of the podcast? There? <laughs> yeah, upstairs in the uh, in the atrium, but that'd be cool. That actually, be a nice setting actually for the film podcast, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine every Open week? Fires as well. Being there every week filming the podcast, that'd be cool. That. I think they'd get sick of us at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, actually, um, the the podcast setup in general is uh, coming along really well. The the new show mm-hmm. setting, um, because you know we've always wanted to make this into a uh, a video form. So that actual like set design is going really well. It's it's an interesting process because when designing a set, we've got to look to um, make sure that not only uh, the visuals look great so on camera so whether the person's you know sat in the right part of the frame but everything in the background has got to be accounted for all of the color schemes have got to be accounted for whether the audio is good enough in the setting that we're at it's got to be accounted for as well because i've noticed that quite a lot that we needed to try and pad the room as much as we can as well because Mm. otherwise it'll echo if it's too empty um we tried uh, we we had a bit of a test uh attempt yeah with recording and it worked but yeah, there's just something missing. The thing is, the um, the space itself is fine. We know that we have the space to do the filming. It's just that the the background and the environment that we were in wasn't. We want to get yet. that nice feel to it. Yeah, it needs to look a bit like more polished and studio-y. So we're gonna make it into a proper proper studio setting. Um, but I've never had to ever think about going into that much detail on a set design ever. So I'm, I'm like there thinking, right? I've got my frame now. I'm sat there. What is behind my head? Is there like is it like photos is, is it green screen pop vinyls is it is it green screen yeah where's the logo going is it it is it the world's best boss mug i got you yeah who, who knows who, who knows where you know um everything has to go in like a certain place for it to be um for it to be perfect i guess so um and what what i kind of find a bit mm, i guess worrying about it is i don't want to have to um change the set every every month yeah so obviously we're going to be recording multiple shows, uh, not just this podcast. So I don't have to pull apart a set just to change shows. Mm. So we're going to have a similar set for all of the shows. 
so it needs to be interesting enough that people go, oh, I'm not bored of this set now. I've seen this so many times. Or maybe even we have like one wall where we film the podcast, one wall where we film the tutorials. Yeah. And stuff like that, maybe. Maybe. That's all to. Heck, maybe if we have just different backgrounds, we can have a green screen change out at will. Yeah, we were saying earlier how CGI is brilliant now. Yeah, we just change the background, whatever we want. We can we can film in space at some point if we have a green screen. That right, we can. Yeah. Um, so, moving swiftly on, we've you know had a little bit of chat about the uh, the first topic, which was um, uh, video game and video game narratives, mm-hmm. and the way in which video games uh, influence us in general when we make our films. So we've also had a little bit of a chat about uh, the the notion of our wonderful The Ghostly X and our new set for the podcast and stuff. So now let's have a little talk about, um, well, fan fiction and fan films. You've you got to be real careful where you go now, Tom. It's a, it's a dark, it could be a dark road here. There's two places you can go with fan fiction. One of them we're allowed to talk about. The other one's going to get us demonetized very quick. That's very true. So, when a uh, series, whether it be like a uh, a film series, a TV show, a book series, a web series, whatever, what, if something is created where there is a world involved, there will always be fan fiction, fan films, spin-offs, all of that jazz. Um, and that is, you know, material created by us as fans that will, you know, it's in the same universe. And it's not ever to make any money or anything like that. It's no, just it's made because... because of a world or a correct. franchise. <clears throat> One of the biggest ones is Star Wars. Um, so, you know, we have... Um, the Star Wars universe is massive. It goes, what, thousands of years before and after the film. Um, the films that... There's so many cool things in the Star Wars universe they don't put in the films. Yeah. And all of that is completely free and able to explore. To explore, anyway. But the likes of Disney won't invest in that kind of stuff mm. yet anyway because you know they've got their own focuses and they can only you know make certain amounts of stuff per year so you know it kind of leaves it down to the fans to make fan stuff yeah um and it's totally legal as long as you don't try and make your own money off it you don't try and screen it in any cinemas or anything like that yeah the the, the moment <clears throat> money comes into things is where the copyright police go hey knock it off yeah and that's the second you try and earn from it so as long as you know that it's a non-profit film, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want. And it's great. So we have a film in development. And it's a, it is a Star Wars film. I, I didn't um, want to know if we were going to talk about it. Is it too soon to reveal the cards? No. So it's actually called The Initiate. It's about, um, it's about the, the, the training that a person goes to before they want to come become a Jedi or train up as a padawan uh, in the jedi order um it's actually set just after luke sets up his training camps um and it's it's so a topic area the that new trilogy and the originals yes and it's an interesting topic area because um initiate training hasn't ever been touched ever whenever you look towards um and if it has we haven't heard about it yeah so whenever you look towards fan films you always see um there's a really good one, a Darth Maul one. There's a really good Vader one. There's a good Ben. There's a good Kenobi one as well. Actually, it's all these focus on these main characters doing their thing before 
the films or after the films. Oh, you should look up the one where Chewbacca fights Darth Vader. <laughs> she just goes fist to cuffs and just starts beating him. Oh my god! You see, so why I don't understand. You've got why this... we haven't got the film of that. The yeah, film. yeah, exactly. No, but you've got this massive universe. Why are you focusing on the main characters from films that have already been done? They've already been done. Don't explore them. Go, go and find a random name, a random person, a random planet, and do about them. Right, what you do is you go watch the Phantom Menace, and you get to the pod racer scenes. Yeah. Then you pause at any minute and pick out any random person that is CGI in the background yep. and go. Right, we're gonna make you. his story. Yes, you. And then, and then every time it um, cuts to the beginning of the story. It goes to the pod racing scene and it freezes frame and then zooms in. Remember me? Yeah. <laughs> and then and then it goes straight into the main. To film. be fair, I'd watch a, a whole Star Wars film about pod racing. To be fair. Well, there we go. So it's like unexplored sections need to be explored. There's like certain bits and pieces in that Star Wars universe that don't get touched but need to get touched. So hmm. that's what we do. So um, initiate training. That's what we're doing now. We're doing quite a lot of reading into. Um, I don't know with the books around. The book's not there. Now I've got a book, like a a Jedi code book, or whatever it is. Yeah, you're, you're um, reading up hard on it. I'm reading about just to make sure that I get the script right because I don't want any Star Wars nerds to fly along and lightsaber me to the Star to Wars death. Nerds. You are a Star Wars yeah, nerd. Yeah, that, that is true. Um, but there's you know there's moving on from Star Wars. There's the likes of the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and there's also the the Hobbit, of course, and then there's um. I'm trying to think of the bit. Harry Potter, that was it. Yeah. Harry Potter, Doctor, Harry Potter, Who, Doctor uh, Who, yeah. Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Take your pick. An amazing amount of stuff that we can do a fan film for. Amazing amount of stuff. Hmm. Um, as long as we don't make a profit off of it. Yeah. And the major thing is, as long as you credit and say this is, you know... Yeah, at the end of the day, this belongs to J.K. Rowling's, George Lucas, who, whoever. Yeah. Disney, probably. They own a lot. Yeah. To Disney owners, yeah. <laughs> They own everything. Everything ever. <laughs> they own you as well. It's in my contract. I just didn't notice it at first. Yeah. When you sign the contract for worth it, it says Disney owns you, by the way. I, I know that. <laughs> um, you look at the, the little worth it logo in the corner of the contract, and it's not a bird on the logo. No. It's the Disney symbol. Yeah, it's, the it's Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's it. It's all over, JD. It's all over. Um, what do you think of fan films? in general in general they are hit or miss mm-hmm. you see them being made dime a dozen and they're either really good and you end up wanting more from whoever's made it or they're not great but you see the passion and you notice that that's what it's about you know someone's recorded it on their phone, they haven't had a, a separate audio system, they haven't got the experience, but they've yeah. got their friends and they've yeah. just made a film with some plastic toys. Uh-huh. That's fine. Because you've put the passion and you've shown you have that creative drive to actually give it a try. Yeah. That's immediately more than a good percentage of anyone's willing to try. Yeah. yeah, sure, the kids at school might call you a nerd and probably make fun of you. However, you took the first steps to your dream where everyone else is too afraid to because they might get made fun of. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. There's um, there's certain people who set up full-scale companies and really go at fan films hard hmm. um, and try and make it as close to the actual thing as possible. Did you ever see the Uncharted fan film? No. Phenomenal. It's not Nathan Fillion. Do you know who Nathan Fillion is? Yeah. 
big actor. He plays Drake, Nathan Drake. That's a good casting. It's a really good casting. I'm thinking right, that's yeah. a really good casting. And it is fantastic. They raised about, I think it was 25 grand to make this very, very short preview to a fan film that they want to make. Mm. And then they put their link to their, um, um, what's it called? Um, their donation page. GoFundMe. Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. Whichever, Kickstarter, that was it, yeah. They put their link to the Kickstarter at the end of that film and it's got like 20 odd million views and they've they've got loads of money for it now. <laughs> loads of money to Did make the full film. I don't know. I don't know whether they're actually pursuing it or not because of copyright issues and all that jazz because I imagine that Naughty Dog will have them for it mm. because it's now funded and it's now something that's not, it's gone away from a fan film. And more into a professional production yeah, to the matter. Like, to get like Lemon said, you know, the second money gets into it, someone's lawyer will be at your door. And it was like, um, oh yeah, I clicked on it thinking, a fan film for Uncharted. Mm. Wow, that's going to be cool. I watched that. So I opened it up thinking it's going to be some kind of like, you know, amateur thing. Expecting the worst, basically. Mm. It starts off with a drone shot of the desert that goes down and tracks along a convoy of vehicles coming in to this massive complex and I was thinking oh <laughs> there's a lot of money gone in this holy cow wow um, some things are so impressive it's so impressive what fans can make and those are the fans that you need to that you know like production companies need to look at and say man we need to pick you up yeah we need some we need some uh, someone like you to work with us or uh, something like that fan films are incredible for experience and exposure yeah. Because it shows you can work with someone else's IP, someone else's projects, but it also shows what you're capable of there and then. Mm-hmm. It's like saying to people, or saying to a company, let me show you how good I am. Let me show you what I can do. Hmm. Um, look here, I've done this for free. I can work for you if you want me to work for you. Um, it's, it's the weirdest thing, because it makes me think of when you just finished school or sixth form or college, and you try and get a job and they say hey you need work experience and you're sat there going well I need the job for the work experience this is the work experience you're doing the job for free no one likes doing it for free that being said in this industry this is what if you are passionate about it you care deeply about it you won't mind because mm-hmm. this is the first step to getting your That's dream it. job yeah. where you want to be yeah and it shows you willing to go the extra mile to get there mm. That's what we're doing right now. It's what we're doing right now. We're doing everything for free. 12 and 12. 12 and 12 is all for free. No profit, nothing. Just to try and get our name out there and try and get us out there. God, I can't believe I'm not making a penny from this. Mm -hmm. You'll have worked almost every single day of the week for an entire year for free. And and legally, it counts as volunteering at best. But that's with the hope that... Shout out to my lawyer so the tax man doesn't come after me. Yeah. But that, you know, that's with the intention that next year you'll be in full-time work. Full worth it. We you will know? have this beautiful shiny CV to show to any company and say, please give us a lot of money and we'll make you more money. Fingers crossed. We'll make you something real shiny. But yeah, um, so that is actually it for the Worth It podcast for today. Oh, um, yeah, we are actually oh. done. Um, thank you very much for coming along, JD, for this week. Thank you um, for having me as always. No problem at all. Um, I'm going to go have a nap. <laughs> yeah, good idea my friend um, so if you did enjoy today's podcast then of course we do have a 
whole host of other episodes available on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, or wherever this goes up to. And also on YouTube. We do have plenty more coming out soon. Every single week on a Wednesday, we'll have the Worth It podcast out. Um, so if you did enjoy that, make sure you hit the subscribe button for more. If you're on YouTube, make sure you hit the follow button on Spotify. Um, and of course, you know, stay tuned to our social media channels for more information. Remember that we do also have other videos and other episodes on different topic areas and stuff um, on the YouTube channel too, like our tutorials and also like our DIY um, series that's coming. We've got a nice documentary that we're filming on Thursday and that, oh, yeah. that should be out next week. And then also uh, every single month we have one film coming out as part of our 12 and 12 project. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for more content. Plenty more on its way. Thank you very much for listening along, guys. And Tom, and... don't forget, you need to watch Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. <laughs> yes, and I'm going to watch Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler before he mentions it again in next week's podcast. <laughs> you better, I'm going to hold it to you. <laughs> Cheers, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.